Welcome to The Sacristy. This is a podcast where we hope to drop some of the joy of our church tradition into the internet, believe it or not, for the glory of God and to the edification of his church. I'm Father Matt Ainsley. I am an Episcopal priest in the Diocese of Central Florida, currently serving at the Church of the Ascension in Orlando and looking to be the prospective vicar vicar of All Souls Episcopal Church, a new church plant coming to the area. And I'm with Father David Bumstead, the rector of Emmanuel Episcopal Church in Orlando in the Diocese of Central Florida and the dean of the deanery. Yes. Um, can, what did you say when you were elected by a landslide? Do you remember what you said to me after uh, you were elected dean? After I was elected unopposed, actually. <laughs> and I'm not sure if I can repeat this and not get into lots of trouble. <laughs> it, it was from the Lord of the Rings. Oh. oh, from the Lord of the Rings, yeah. Instead of, uh, instead of, no, wait, how's it go? Um, instead, instead of, of a dark, dark lord, lord, you shall have a dean, beautiful and bright as the dawn. All shall love me in despair. That was great. After Galadriel. <laughs> that was great. Always bringing in some good uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. So what are we doing here? We're Anglicans, perhaps even card-carrying Anglo-Catholics. And we want to emphasize our continuity with the faith delivered once for all to the saints. And so we want to talk about lots of different things, uh, the Christian year, the liturgy, uh, the sacraments. We, we, as I look over uh, our list of potential podcasts, lots of good stuff, lots interesting good stuff. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so how the episodes, we're looking to do them, and I'm sure it'll evolve as we get into it. We'll tweak and do all sorts of different things. But we always want to begin with our place in the Christian year. Uh, what are, uh, what's the feast day that's coming up? What are the lessons for uh, the upcoming Sunday? Uh, and, and look at things uh, liturgically and maybe even dig into some of the uh, explanations of interesting saints or observances. Uh, and then we'll go into from there our, our topic. We are looking as we get into this uh, to have a guest that will... Uh, be tortured, right? And have to <laughs> be with much, us. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, if you want to be a guest, uh, let us know. Send us an email. Give us a call. Text us. But you're in for the duration. You're in for the duration. That's right. You're hanging out with us the whole time. You're going to help us do the whole show. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and so part two, if you will, will be, you know, our topic uh, that we're going to dig into, whether... Uh, liturgical or sacramental theology, something in patristics, or it could be all sorts of different things. Yeah. It could be a book of the Bible. There's really uh, not really a limit to the scope of something we could There's discuss. There's a lot to share from the depth of our tradition and, uh, and a depth in the uh, Anglican tradition, the, uh, the, the Catholic Anglican tradition, even in the, uh, the Episcopal Church, we've, we, uh, we dwell in the house of much tradition. So we're excited to bring that uh, to the fore yeah. in this podcast for sure. All right, so yeah, we'll do the preliminaries each week. Uh, we'll start with the Christian year with some prayer, the colic of the day. We'll get in, then we'll go into our topic. And then we're going to sort of bookend it with that calendrical piety where we're going to end our time uh, each episode by just really sort of an on-the-fly brainstorming of the upcoming uh, lectionary, the lections for the upcoming Sunday, and just talk about, you know, what will we do uh, and a sermon, and just really sort of a reflection and discussion yeah. uh, of the lections. We're calling this a, a bit of a first pass, if you will, 
uh, we realized that some of the folks, maybe even most of the folks who listen to a podcast like this one are probably in the ministry or, or, uh, or in ministry-related fields uh, for churches. And so uh, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of help to be had if we're preparing sermons. I know that one of the ways that I prepare my sermons week by week is actually uh, with Father Matt. Sometimes um, I run my ideas by him and he tells me if they're garbage uh, <laughs> or if they're on the right track. And usually he's pretty kind. Um, but uh, I thought we thought together that that would be a really helpful thing, not only to the priests or deacons or whoever's out there, maybe even some bishops, um, but uh, to anybody who might be uh, kind of related to the preaching ministry of the church. And if anything, it can be a negative example of those are definitely yeah, things I don't like want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay away yeah. from this. Yeah, that's a good point. And so we're going to try to release this stuff early in the week, not like Saturday night at 5 p.m. Which is when I write my sermons. <laughs> to, to give ourselves uh, and others some, <laughs> some time uh, to interact with the material and to pray and to meditate and try to put together a sermon which will glorify God, preach the gospel, and edify the faithful. All right. Shall we? The yeah, Christian let's, year. yeah. Let's begin with the Christian year. Um, let's pray. O Lord, we beseech thee, let thy continual pity cleanse and defend thy church. And because it cannot continue in safety without thy succor, preserve it evermore by thy help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, that being uh, the uh, proper 13 in the prayer book. Um, we're, of course, in ordinary time, which if you are in the ministry, then you know that we are in the green season, um, which is a long, long green season for the sermons. But this is an actually really great week, uh, this first week of August. There's lots of um, lots of festal days to be considering. First of all, a major feast of the church, the Transfiguration of Our Lord on Tuesday, August 6th, um, of course, celebrating that day of, uh, of Christ's transformation on the mountaintop, uh, the guarantee of our transformation and holiness as we look towards our glorification with God in heaven. Uh, other saints showing up later in the week on Wednesday um, in the Episcopal calendar, John Mason Neal, who uh, you'll know if you look in our hymnody, uh, he has translated many texts, uh, many ancient texts, and we use them quite often now in the Episcopal church. Dominic, uh, so if you know any Dominicans, uh, there's one um, who's, I think, well, he's a Jesuit, isn't he? Um, well, anyway. The, I'm Domin not sure you're the expert here on this. Uh, well, I was going to say that the, the Dominicans, uh, an important um, religious order in the late medieval period in the Roman Catholic Church, Dominic, the founder, um, the, Dom the Dominicans are known for education, confession, and the Eucharist. How about that? Uh, and then, of course, on Saturday, uh, Lawrence of Rome, uh, an early martyr of the church, uh, and kind of a, can I say the word badass? Is that okay? You just said it, so yeah. there it is. Well, we'll get it in post. Yeah, well, we can always, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Lawrence, who was an incredible deacon of the church, who, uh, who decided to uh, help those in need rather than um, glorify in himself. Uh, anyway, okay, so that's what we've got coming up in the sanctoral calendar and in the weekly calendar. Of course, uh, we look forward to praying those daily offices with you and all the saints. Cool. What's next, Father Matt? 
talking about, and this goes with our place in the Christian year, you know, as we talk about today, we just want to talk about the liturgy and, and give you all a little bit of biography and what really brought us into uh, the Anglican tradition. Uh, I was not raised Anglican. I was not uh, a cradle Episcopalian. Uh, I was raised in the Baptist church, and uh, I came up through Baptist seminaries and worked in Baptist and non-denominational uh, churches. But I found myself as... Uh, even as I read uh, the sacramental theology of the magisterial reformers, uh, Luther and Calvin, uh, and as I went back further uh, to the medieval period and then to the fathers and even uh, reading uh, the scriptures afresh through uh, the lens of the tradition, just found myself drawn to the sacramental life uh, and found, um, again, from the very beginning of Christianity in the scriptures themselves, you know, these strong statements, uh, even from our Lord, that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, reading uh, all the way even to someone like uh, Martin Luther and looking in their, looking at his works and saying, man, there's something to this whole uh, Eucharist thing. And just being drawn again to uh, the sacramental life and uh, how it can shape you. You know, as we're going through the, the church here and these reflections, uh, we're living in this, uh, I don't know if this is a word, omnerotival age. I don't know if you can put the alpha privative in front of narratival, but there I've done it. The alpha privative. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the alpha of negation there. Yeah. Um, fragmented and people are looking for um, a story that they can plug into something that can make uh, sense of their life and I'm uh, one of those people and I think of the Christian year and how it allows us as we journey year by year through the life of our Lord and then on another level right through the story of redemption Genesis to Revelation how we need to be shaped by that story, because that is the ultimate story. Right. Instead of sort of participating in this fragmented culture in which we find ourselves. And we were actually out at a, a monastery and a little bit of retreat before we recorded. Um, and actually, we ended up, as we always do, uh, in a conversation that had to do with um, the liturgical life of the Christian, the life of the church in prayer. Father Matt, uh, what was that? What were we trying to say with that in terms of um, how the church prays and how that works in contrast to life as we kind of see it as, uh, well, just as 21st century Americans? We were talking about, well, commercialism. Mm -hmm. We were talking about um, maybe even um, materialism. Yes. Uh, versus uh, something new, something different, not even new, uh, something just kind of different from, uh, from that life. Um, take me through that a little bit. What were we saying? Yeah, as we were able to um, participate in the midday office and then the mass, um, you know, it struck me, you see this in the monasteries, is there's this constant rhythm of prayer, and they're tapping into uh, the central 
reality of the cosmos. It's that Isaiah snapshot of there is the unceasing worship in the life of heaven. And, the, and they're joining that in this rhythm of prayer. And it struck me uh, and reminded me that when we're at church and when we're praying the offices, and particularly when we're celebrating the Holy Eucharist, we're doing something profoundly countercultural because the focus is in the Eucharist and with Christian worship. And we, we see this language in the Old Testament a lot is that we're ministering before the Lord and we're ministering to God. Right. Uh, I think so much Western Christianity has fallen into this trap of consumerism where we're treating the parishioners like customers. Right. And there's this attitude, and I've had it in myself of... All the time, myself as well, yeah. Absolutely. When I go to church, it's like, well, what am I going to get out of it? Or maybe after church, I complain, say, well, I didn't really get anything out of that. Right. When or as a leader treating like you know when you're kind of like like a restaurateur, which are yeah. good like we love restaurateurs yeah. or like a barista or something instead of a, a priest in the church, where we're really we're really kind of uh, more concerned about the uh, the subjective experience of our parishioners, which is an important thing. Don't get me wrong, um, rather than focusing on uh, the worship of Almighty God as as the first and foremost, really the first and foremost activity of all created beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is to return God to himself as the priestly kingdom. But um, a very fruitful conversation as we were driving through uh, rural rural Florida. Very rural. Very rural. Uh, which is amazing that anyone lived amazing here Amazing that anybody could be here. Before. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it was hot today, y'all. Um, but, yeah, think about how different that is when if our focus as as ministers is – giving the people a wonderful church experience and making sure that they had a good time and a pleasant time, which of course caring for people and showing hospitality is important. Right. And we want to make sure that what we do is, is beautiful and therefore something that can be enjoyed by the senses. I mean, that's not altogether wrong to enjoy something in a, you know, in a sensical uh, experience, you know, but, um, there's a difference, right? The curated experience of, of, of worship versus, um, you know, making sure that the end is always God's glory. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, I think in our tradition, we are very much people who curate uh, the leadership of our worship, and we are very mindful of, uh, of, of the beauty of our tradition, um, but there's a sense in which, and I think what was really, really on my mind was the sense in which this thing is happening, um, the service of the mass, the observation of the offices, the, the worship of Almighty God day in, day out, uh, all throughout the calendar. These things just kind of happen in the way that um, the universe sings its praises to its creator. Um, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but almost as if it happens without... Um, much, um, I don't know, uh, intention from most people. Um, and it's, there's so obviously intention from the priests, the, the faithful who come to the mass and all those things, but, um, uh, whether or not, you know, a hundred people are coming to a daily mass, the daily mass is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And whether or not, you know, our parishes are filled Sunday after Sunday, which they ought to be obviously. So you should go to church. Um, but, 
whether or not our churches are filled Sunday after Sunday, um, the, the, the worship of Almighty God, the offering of, of the people's praises and the sacrament of the altar is going to happen. And I find a, a beauty in that. And in fact, um, as I think about my own autobiography, that's really what draws me into the life of our mm. spiritual tradition is that sense of this is objectively happening. Mm. Um, and that I simply need to walk into it and do it because um, when I found the Anglican tradition, Father Matt uh, is brilliant, uh, as you'll hear, um, I didn't necessarily come in by way of reading the fathers or reading, um, reading the, the magisterial reformers. I found it by way of a deep pastoral need wherein I was uh, really forgetting how to pray. I didn't grow up in church, but I, I came into church in college, uh, spent time in the Pentecostal tradition. I spent time in the non-denominational churches. Um, and what you, what in that kind of church is, is uh, not, nothing against them, but, what happens is many times uh, for, for, for a heart and a mind like mine, um, we have difficulty praying when uh, creativity runs out. Like um, if you've ever listened to someone who is put on the spot to pray and they're not really, uh, what, what, what might that sound like if we're not like really into the prayer, prayer time, you know, like almighty God, we just stand here and we, uh, we kind of, there's a lot of just, a lot of just. God, we just want to do this. We of, just want to do that. Yeah. There's a lot of Father God. You got to say a, Father God. Yeah. And I was really bad at that. Um, yes. And I, I, I didn't even know how to do it. And so I was actually having a hard time. I was working at a homeless shelter for a while. I was working with a, a youth in need and um, just ran, ran my head into against a, against ran my head in, into a wall spiritually and uh, forgot how to pray. And so... Uh, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, um, who hopefully we'll actually have on this podcast, uh, Father Thomas Buchan, invited me into a, uh, a, an Episcopal prayer group at my seminary that I was attending. And, um, you know, he invited me uh, into the, the night office, evening prayer, uh, and the community showed me how to use a prayer book. And it was so life-giving and so freeing and so liberating to know that there was a way to pray Mm-hmm. that didn't rely on my constant creativity. And I'm a pretty creative guy. Yes, um, you are. But, you know, I just need to let go and pray. And so that invitation into the world of the prayer book, and then, um, which was happening whether I was there or not, which is like so mind-blowing even still to think that that people are praying, you know, week by week, day by day, even if it's only one or two people uh, in a prayer closet, uh, Praying or saying, singing the offices, it's just an amazing fact of, of life to me. And then when I discovered uh, what was available to Christians in the Mass, um, the objective presence of Jesus in the sacrament, the fact that um, we can trust that what the church is doing at the altar is um, going to include the very person of Jesus Christ. I mean, what what else is there? What possible hope is there in anything else but to know that we can have colloquy, that we can have literal communion with our Lord. Um, and we have we can we can basically do that all the time. <laughs> and we can show up for that. And so when uh, when I when I when I first uh, started um, attending a mass regularly um, 
that was a really important part of, uh, of my own spiritual development and, and really led me down uh, the road towards um, the Christian life in the Anglican tradition in the Catholic mold. And so, uh, anyway. But um, anyway, we, we bring that up because that, for both of us, uh, the Divine Liturgy, the Mass, the Holy Eucharist, the, the, the life of prayer and the daily offices, the, the rule of prayer in the prayer book, the, the Anglican tradition, all of these things working in concert, the, the calendars, the, um, you know, the Sundays, the, the feast days, all these things uh, dwell deep in our hearts uh, as we seek to have a greater union with Christ. And so we want to bring all that stuff to you, which is what we're trying to get started here with this podcast. Um, and I think, you know, I wrote this down, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of hot to say it. Um, we look around us, it's the year 2019 when we record this, and, and we see in our parishes, on uh, social media, in our friendships, in our family life, we see anxiety, we see tension, we see people just miserable around us, wouldn't you say? Yes. Um, and we think that, um, well, one, we just, we really want to encourage uh, people and help them um, draw closer to the God who will bring them great joy and enjoyment of their lives. Um, and that we, we really do feel, and maybe this is, our past in evangelicalism or in Pentecostalism in my case, um, a, a sense in which um, this is the, the, what we have on offer here as, as Catholics in the Anglican tradition is a way forward, a, 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 something that's truly countercultural to find peace, love, joy, beauty, yes, truth uh, in this life that God invites us into in Christ. And so, um, yeah, we want to talk about that. Yeah, it's something that we found that we're so excited about, and we want as many people to get in on as possible. Right. Because I was at a place, and by the way, it's uh, I'm not disparaging of my past as a Baptist. Yeah, in fact, right. uh, The love of Scripture and the commitment to Scripture and the fidelity of Scripture that was imbued to me uh, in my Baptist upbringing is the reason that I became Anglican. It's because I love Scripture and I want to follow and obey it. Right. And I realized that Scripture is very uh, sacramental yes, and, yeah. and liturgical. Yeah. And the, the ecclesiology there is, is very high. And so I came to that point of, you know, as I read the Fathers, it seemed like what I was a part of was different. And I wanted to get in right. in full right. uh, in theology and in practice that faith delivered once for all to the saints. Yeah. And so that's what we want to talk about yeah. uh, and discuss and exalt in and hopefully even advance a little bit by the grace of God. Yeah. <laughs> Let, yeah. Let's take a little time out. We're calling this podcast The Sacristy. What is a sacristy, Father David? And yeah. Why on earth would we call it? Well, that. Uh, well, I'll answer the... the Besides, sec- it sounds really cool. I'll, sec- I'll answer the second question first. <laughs> well, we, because most of the other titles we were thinking of were dumb. And so, <laughs> and so uh, we like that one enough. Uh, but also, you know, a sacristy um, is a place where in our church and many other churches throughout the world, um, where 
the service is prepared. The service of Almighty God is prepared. And so sacred vessels, the things that we use for the, the, the Mass are prepared for the Mass. Um, and hearts are prepared there as well. And so there's the sacristy is a place of preparation. And indeed, if we could think of life in general in the Christian faith, is itself a life of preparation to meet our Lord, uh, to serve in his, uh, in his vineyard, uh, so that we can meet him in, uh, in the fullness of his dwelling uh, in heaven. Um, and so I felt like sacristy was, the, was a very fitting um, name for what we're doing, because we're, we're really just trying to prepare hearts uh, for the coming of Jesus. Um, but really, really, honestly, it was that first part. We just thought it sounded cool. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, <laughs> Nothing too spiritual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, anyway. All right, well, let's, let's take a look at the lections uh, coming up for Sunday, August 4th. Uh, particularly, I think we're going to camp out in the epistle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, as we said earlier in the cast, we, uh, we want to t- uh, spend a few minutes at the end of each one of these, um, you know, doing that first pass through of the lessons. And like uh, Father Matt said, we'll really be peddling here on the, uh, on the Colossians reading for that Sunday. Um, and it goes like this. Uh, Paul writes, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. He continues, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. On these you once walked, and you lived in them. But now put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old nature with its practices, and have put on the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, but Christ is all and in all. So I think, you know, I, I wonder if sometimes we have the same kind of, uh, of method. Father Matt, like what, real quick, like just in a couple sentences, what's going on in Colossae? Well, Paul is writing uh, from prison, perhaps in Ephesus. I read that N.T. Wright, which he knows a couple things about the New Testament, he knows was arguing that Paul, you know, between 60 and 62 was imprisoned at Ephesus and he's writing to um, the Colossians uh, to encourage them because a lot of great things are going on. He's yeah. pumped about what God is doing in and through them and to exhort them to continue in that, uh, the faith um, that they have uh, and in their fruitful ministry. But he's also combating uh, heresy, yeah. uh, whether it's an incipient form of Gnosticism, whether it's some sort of strand of Jewish mysticism, whether it's pagan folk religion, whether it's an amalgam of some or all of the above. Right. Um, and as you read the book of Colossians, I think you find that it's a deeply sacramental and ascetical book. Mm-hmm. As I read it, uh, I almost hear 
heartens elements of the spiritual yeah, life sure. of the purgative way, the illuminative, the illuminative way, the unitive way. If you've never heard of that word uh, or that name before, Parton, uh, stay tuned to this podcast. But anyway, you were saying, Father. There's a book you absolutely have to read. Yes. Because you have in it... It's called The the Elements of the Spiritual Life. We ought to say that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So he's telling them, and, and Paul makes this argument all the time. His argumentation goes like this. Basically, be in practice what you are in position. In Christ, let me let you know, when you were baptized, you died. One life ended. And a new life in Christ has begun because he says, for you have died in verse three and your life is hid with Christ and God. And so they have an identity as the baptized. Right. And therefore, as the baptized, they need to put to death the old. They need to starve the old man and feed the new man. So there's mortification of the flesh. Right. Then there's the building up of virtue. And there's the strengthening and deepening of their union with God in Christ. That union of God as some of the, uh, the of God with God in Christ is something that is. It seems like it's very present in as a theme in well in all of Paul's writing, but especially present in Colossians. Uh, one of the things I always think about in this uh, in this book is or in this letter is um, the primacy of Jesus. You know, with that beautiful Christological hymn in chapter one and. And um, how Paul really seeks to remind the community that, well, I mean, Jesus is first, uh, that he is the, um, he really is the king. He really is the first. He really is uh, the one um, on which we cast all of our fears uh, and and put upon whom we put all our our hope. Um, One thing that sticks sticks out to me, I did a a whole series on this uh, Bible study. At, at my parish, um, this idea of being hidden in Christ. Um, one one writer I read talked about how um, you know you can think of uh, of being hidden like in a keep, like in a in a castle, and um, your your life is, with Christ is 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 uh, protected by Him uh, in this in this uh, in this this bulwark. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit Lutheran. I don't know, but uh, that that sense of 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 being protected from those earthly things, from things like fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry, um, this things on account of uh, the the wrath of God is coming. That in Christ we are hidden away from those things, um, and so that we can put on the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So, just a couple of thoughts from. Father Matt, the biblical scholar. I wouldn't say that. From Father David, the guy who just reads one verse and goes <laughs> off of that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Shall we close in prayer? Yeah. Um, and we'll be back. We'll be back. Hopefully with a guest next time and a full show, but a little taste of what's taste. to come. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Father Matt, will you pray us out? Let us pray together in the words that our Savior Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, that's it. That's the first that's episode the first, of the Sacristy. Yeah. Sounds there it good, is. man. All right. We'll see you all later. Take care. All right, God Peace. bless.